0: Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. As always, I am one of your hosts, part of this rockin', sockin', dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half, and he is Len Martez. Len, what's up, man? Ah, let's see. It's, um... First day of pads,
1: training camp, fired up being out there on a Saturday morning, and now actually just um kicking back and wondering how things are going to go for 2021 and thinking in terms of who does anyone else in the NFL have as an explosive offense as the Bucs do.
0: We'll definitely get into all of that on today's podcast. Lynn's takeaways from being at the first day of pad Saturday morning at the Advent Health Training Center. Some of the stuff that we've seen uh, throughout the week on social media and various reports in, in terms of Buck's training camp so far. And also uh, at the end of the pr- podcast, we'll touch on some of the bigger storylines Around the league. Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay, things like that. Carson Wentz injured in Indianapolis already. That will come at the end of the podcast, but we're going to get into Tampa Bay Buccaneers football first. But as always, remember, follow Lynn on Twitter at LMAR810. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation for everything going on with the Bucks during training camp. Lynn was out there today. Bailey Adams has been out there earlier this week as well. So full training camp coverage on the Bucks Nation Twitter and on BucksNation.com, And wherever you're listening to this podcast, click that subscribe button. It'll be downloaded to your listening device with you having to do nothing, and you'll have a nice surprise uh when you get up for your commute to work you can listen to the latest edition of the bucks nation podcast but now let's get into it when martez you were out there how hot was it this morning was it, I, I was gonna say i was gonna say in the heat how, how how hot was it was it Ooh. started practice started what eight forty five today Eight
1: thirty. Eight thirty. no it actually um there was a slight and listen when we're in you know, southwest Florida, and it's the middle of summer. When I say this, don't think in terms of like this great breeze off the ocean. But there was a slight breeze there at the Avid Health Training Center. And when I say slight, I say slight. Um, like you have your,
0: uh, your standing fan in your, in your bedroom on one yeah 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 but you don't even i mean you didn't feel like
1: someone brought it up more than anything else and i said you know what that actually is a breeze out here without someone bringing it up i wouldn't even notice it it rained actually um
0: for maybe about maybe five to seven minutes so that kind of made typical florida as well
1: yeah it kind of made things a little little funnier when it came to uh appreciating actual rain and water (laughs) because (laughs) because hydration is very vital out there uh when you watch the plays practice, and and, you know unlike the fans who are out there and god bless them because there were plenty out there and they're they're excited for you know the opportunity to to be around a team that made the playoffs and also is a defending reigning super bowl champions they're excited to you know when they're out there you you and i have been out there for the last five years and when you know, when we were out there before, it was, you know, Tampa Bay. That means that, that has new meaning now, man. It's, you know, it's Tampa sure. Bay. And it's, uh, it, it's fun to see the fans out there who, even before you and I, reaped the benefits of being loyal fans to this team and went through what they right. went
0: through the last four, five, ten years what they went haven't won a playoff game since the since the Super Bowl in 2003 think about the players that were a part of that team winning the Super Bowl like Levante
1: David and Mike Evans but and and again you know those guys did the work but those fans those loyal fans who've been out there who you know were out there all those years thinking this is the year this is the year this is the year well guess what you you finally got your year um Unfortunately, you may have not been able to, you know, bask in the the glory, as Keith Lee says. There you go. Some little wrestling for you. Uh, Bask in the glory like normal years because 2020 didn't start the way it did. It ended, you know, greatly being at home and winning a Super Bowl at home. But uh, now they get to be able to be a bigger crowd, um, fingers crossed, and participate like they participated in the past but they're participating now with a
0: team that is an odds-on favor to go back to the Super Bowl. Well, I saw earlier this week, I believe it might have even been the first day of training camp, that uh, Mike Evans was catching a ball on the sidelines and took his momentum and ran up into the stands with the fans. So this was really cool because last year in the situation that that they were in, training camp was completely closed. No Mm -hmm. fans allowed in whatsoever. So – Uh, fans rallied around this team all season, and now they're going to be able to see them out there and just seeing a a lot of these people. Yes, how they are allowed in now is it is season ticket holders, but getting to see Tom Brady in this environment, uh, I'm sure is just just a treat. You mentioned, we were talking about the heat. I take it that neither you any of the media or any of the fans were wearing a hoodie like Shaq Barrett has been uh, during practice this week to uh, to train in the heat. You're no. shaking your head no no, 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 no. I wasn't wearing a hoodie. Um, I will say that that uh, I've done
1: some slightly crazy things in uh, Florida heat when it came to training, like like a, a, a madman. Not in the sense of of a professional athlete but i've been yeah i, I tend to be crazy enough to <laughs> run around with a 20 pound vest on in uh in the sun at 12 at 12 noon not the brightest thing that i've done. <laughs> gone for a run for about three or four miles with a 20 pound vest on my back <laughs> yeah not the smartest thing but when it comes to guys wanting to training wanting to get the most out of it i understand it i understand why, why Shaq is doing that and can you argue with the results no. He's not doing he's not doing it without the without the approval of you know the performance folks that work with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because if it was something they didn't want him to do, they wouldn't allow him to do it and they and he wouldn't do it. So uh, whatever works for him that gets him to uh potential double-digit sack season. Speaking of the defensive line, you know, being at practice today and, and watching the the multiple sets that they won defensively and and watching the first team number nine (laughs) that's where i was gonna go next number nine took some uh took some reps with the first team watched this team line up four or five pass rushers with jpp on one side and number nine joe Tryon, the rookie on another side and then the middle at that defensive line too so uh
0: it it's going to be fun to watch this team get after the quarterback in 2021. In that instance, when they had Tryon on one side, JPP on, uh, on the other, was Shaq on the field? Where did they have, where did they oh, have no. Shaq? He, the no, they were, all, they were all on the field. All three of them? Yeah, they were all and, on the field. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I it's just interesting to me because you'd think in that scenario that you maybe move JPP inside because he has more experience than the other two in terms of going inside. And even Joe Tryon, who the Bucs talked about the possibility of moving him inside as well. Let's talk about Tryon and your takeaways. Let's talk about this defense as a whole before we move into uh, the offense. Uh, Saw a couple things out there on on social media. Devin White, Mike Edwards, both having uh, interceptions today. But let's focus on the defensive line first. You said Tryon got reps with the first team. How did he look? I mean, listen. There, there is a, a limit to
1: even even when you're in full pads. Uh, there's a limit of what you can take from watching a few reps of a guy. Um, if you key you're on not going him
0: full bore at the quarterback, no, uh,
1: that they're, they're not. And the main thing for the players and the coaches that are going through it is being able to sit inside that building and dissect what, what happened? Are you doing the right thing on the play? Are you doing your assignments? That's the main thing for me, if I'm watching him, is he beating his man or one-on-one of, or how he's attacking maybe a potential chip that he might be getting something along those lines, but that's tough to get out of, you know, a one day, one day of practice, um, especially when it's his first time that he's been in pads for over, you know, nearly 20 months now, he, the last time he was in pads, and he talked about it post-practice he talked to the media post-practice the last time that he was in pads was december of 2019 we're in we're in august dude we're, we're one day away from august uh so you're talking again you're talking about 20 months of not wearing pads so the main thing for him is to continue to progress and to to make sure that he's doing his assignments and to make sure that he's not blow, he's not blowing any assignments too because uh, you know this league, Trey, one, one missed assignment can lead to the biggest plays. And especially when you, when you talk about this team playing the team that they're going to play moving forward as far as making the playoffs and playing against the quality quarterbacks in the playoffs and potentially in the Super Bowl. When you start throwing the names out, you know, not at, not at the guy number 12, relax, is back at Green Bay, you, you know, you potentially play him in the playoffs. You make one mistake against Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes and you're done.
0: Yep. You're done. All right. Now let's move. Let's, let's go level by level. We were talking about the defensive line. Now let's move to the linebackers and you put it out there on Twitter. Tom Brady, uh, loudly, I'll say exclaiming a certain third after, uh, during a, during a period by obviously because of the guys who were out there first team offense against first team defense was intercepted by Devin white across the middle Uh, going for Mike Evans. I believe, uh, I believe your tweet said uh, Devin, Devin white, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago is widely being regarded as one of, if not the best linebacker in the NFL at this point. Uh, He clearly showing that today, picking up, picking off the, the goat, Uh, the, how are the how are the linebackers out there looking specifically Devin White on the first day of full pads practice? Well,
1: to um, to elaborate and add to that play uh, and the result of the play, <laughs> one uh, one Tom Thomas Patrick Edward Brady. I think I had the correct order. Or is it Edward Patrick? I'm it might sure. be Edward Patrick Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, um, Jr. To to elaborate on his his response, yes, he yelled down a four-letter word uh, that begins with F. You can figure it out. Frog. And, not frog. Food. <laughs> not food. <laughs> you can stop. You, you can stop the you can stop the guessing game. <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't it wasn't one of those. Um, it, it, can we stop? That's the closest I got I <laughs> think. Yeah. All right. So uh, Slammed the helmet, yelled that out, and um, he did it because White picked off his pass. And basically, he would—it would have been a pick six. It was basically a pick six. I mean, he, Devin White is a lot, is an active, athletic. You mentioned potentially could be the the, the best uh, inside linebacker in the NFL. If he's not now, he will be sometime in the near future. And with that comes the ability to. Um, to make plays, not only make plays from, from a defensive standpoint, but once they have the football, those guys think end zone, dude. You watched it in the playoffs last year. I mean, uh, the whole rowboat and thing and that, all that, you know, the pirate ship and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't, that doesn't start without the, the mindset of creating turnovers and getting, getting on uh, your horse, Devin White, horse. And wanting to get to the end zone, dude. That that's that that was his focus probably today when he picked up the pass was pick six. I'm gone. I'm out. Um, And again, you watched it in the playoffs against the Saints when you know he's stripping Jared Cook and picking up a fumble and running the other way. And so that's how that's how they operate. As far as the linebackers as a a whole, that's an active group defensively. I mean we're gonna talk about the corners at some point and the DB's at some at some point, mm-hmm. but uh, every level is act. I mean, like active, man, like physically active, and, and it's it's a group that you know God bless Todd Bowles because he has he 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 has a, a group that is that is accepting what what he wants to do defensively, and it's easier to, to accept it certainly after you watch the success that they had last year winning a super bowl. But that, that helps, you know, that helps when you're able to say, see, you do it my way and it works. And, you know, Joe Tryon and, and Will Golston spoke to the media today and, they, and they, they talked about the fact that, you know, Will Golston said, you know, if, if Coach Bowles wants me to run through a wall, it tells me if I hit it this way, I can get through that wall. He'd do it. Joe Tryon talks about Todd Bowles in the sense where he, one of the biggest things that he likes and the biggest factors that he takes out of working with Todd Bowles since coming into the NFL, his rookie season, was the fact that he finds the mismatches and puts you in good situations to be productive. As a coach, a boss, anything when it comes to leading people, everyone wants that. Who wants your leader, your boss, your coach to put you in a position to be successful? And that's what
0: Todd Bowles does. So again, he has an active group at every level. All right. And so now let's move on to the next level. Let's talk about the DBs, the corners and the safeties. Uh, you know, first couple of days of camp, Jordan Whitehead was not out there because he was on the reserve COVID-19 list. He is back out there at camp with the Buccaneers. Uh, but the the name I saw the most today was was a guy who's been in the news in terms of you know, the vaccination stuff this week and all the stories that came out surrounding the Buccaneers won Mike Edwards, but it wasn't because of that today. It was because he had multiple interceptions throughout the course of practice. Mike Edwards was one name I saw, and then maybe one that I saw a little bit on the more negative side, even though, I mean, you're going to go through this as a rookie, was undrafted rookie Cameron Kinley uh, out, of, uh, out of Navy, who is now being uh, now being allowed to play with the Buccaneers and uh, got his lunch money stolen a little bit from one Antonio Brown uh, earlier today at Buccaneers. He's not practice. alone. He's yeah, not, uh, he's not I, alone. I saw early in practice that maybe Tom and uh, AB weren't on the same page, but clearly they did get on the same page. Len, just talk about the the secondary as a whole. What you saw from Edwards, uh, where you think Kinley is at as far as uh, still very early in his NFL career. Uh, we can't really talk about a guy who both you and I had high hopes for in, uh, in minicamp camp and Chris Wilcox, who, who, uh, who is injured right now and not participating in practice. So just your take overall on, on the secondary today out there at uh, training camp.
1: Well, when it comes to, you mentioned Jordan Whitehead being back out there, that dude, that dude wants to hit everything that moves. That's why I like him he plays downhill. Um, you know he he plays he plays downhill. He he's certainly you know a, a an important piece to the defense. You don't want teams to get to the second level when it comes to their running game on plays. But if they do, they're going to see Jordan Whitehead and get ready, to, and he's going to hit you. Um, I watched him on a play today where he was ready to blow up blow up a tight end coming across the middle, um, and that's what he does. That's what he does. So, as you mentioned, hadn't been out there in practice, but now he's out there, which is a good thing. As far as Edwards is concerned, he's a guy that needs to make these plays because a couple of years ago, when he was drafted, the question of playing time was never an issue. Now, as you move forward, there's so much talent back there in that in that secondary that. He's got competition to to get on the football field. And uh, another safety today, uh, number 22, Allen, he had a pick. And granted, you know, when we mentioned these interceptions, I don't know if Blake Gabbard uh, threw both of Edwards' interceptions. I know he threw at least one. And, you know, each quarterback threw interceptions today. When it comes to all four guys that got reps, they all threw picks. And with that, you would think in terms of, man, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. No, Bruce Aarons was asked about it, and he said, you want to create turnovers in, in training camp. You want the defense to have their moments too. But not only that, but the offense, your quarterback, has to go through what Tom went through. We joke about it, and, you know. I joked about it on Twitter, about you know, the four-letter word that Tom let out. But when it comes to training camp, That's where you want that interception. That's where you want that miscommunication maybe with with Mike Edwards or with Mike Evans. That's what you want that to come out of training camp as opposed to it happening in week one, 17, 18 or in a playoff game. You want it now. And that's why, you know, when I say this, even with Tom Brady, you learn from the mistakes. Even Tom can take something from a mistake and he'd be the first one to tell you. He can take something from a mistake that he made out on the football field today. Better in July 31st or August 1st, tomorrow, or whenever they make it in training camp, as opposed to having it happen in the regular season or in the playoffs. So as far as the secondary is concerned,
0: as I mentioned, Mike Edwards, it's a good thing he's making plays because he's going to be battling for playing time. All right, now let's move on to the offensive side of the ball. And you mentioned how explosive this offense looks to you. Uh, We know what they have in Kansas City in terms of being the most explosive offense in the NFL. But are the Bucs going to be able to change that this season? They beat them in the Super Bowl, obviously. But are they going into this season? Are they the most explosive offense in the entire league with another year under their belt? With Tom Brady and some of the new pieces that were there. I mentioned Antonio Brown and what uh, he was able to do against a rookie today, but you, we've had our disagreements in terms of Antonio Brown, but on the field, you can't deny what he's done for this football team, and let's go there today because he did have you know things that prevented him from being out at minicamp and stuff this year. I believe this was your first chance to see Antonio Brown up close and personal in terms of a practice uh is he still the bucks have a ton of other good wide receivers on this team is Antonio Brown still looking like the Antonio Brown that a lot of people called the best receiver in the NFL you 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 mentioned that he it wasn't just Kinley that uh that he beat up on today and then I saw something from Jenna Lane as well that maybe Brady and AB weren't on the same page early just let's get your take on uh, how a- Antonio Brown did today in uh, Buccaneers training camp practice?
1: Well, for one, there was a, a very animated Antonio Brown, AB number 81 at practice today. And I say that because the, the self-hype, the the hype, what was the tag team? The hype brothers? The hype boys? Who the, hype the hype bros. The hype bro. I don't get hype. I stay hype. Yeah, that's pretty much how Antonio was walking around <laughs> uh, when he wasn't actually taking a rep and he was, um, was on, was on the sidelines. That's how he was throughout the whole practice, getting himself hyped and pumped up. Um, and you know, it wasn't a matter of him getting into anyone else's face. Although him and, uh,
0: Nacho, uh, got into a, a little conversation. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, Which is interesting because you never see a defensive lineman and a wide receiver typically. That's because Antonio was so loud and he probably walked past and then Nacho made
1: a comment to him and Antonio went back at him. And But it wasn't, it, it wasn't, you know. But you see this time. all the time. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't animosity. It was just. These guys was, are competitors. Just, yeah, it was, it, but it was just, it was more about the conversation that Antonio was having with himself. Because that's what we that's what all it was, he was just having a conversation with himself in regards to you're better than this and yelling things out like that, and a few, um, a, a few swear words. <laughs> like I said, he was highly animated when he did it, but uh, it wasn't directed at, 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 at Nacho, and Nacho responded to him. So, but anyway, when it comes to Antonio Brown, you mentioned that you read a few things on Twitter, and yeah, there were moments today that uh. Tom wasn't the sharpest in, in getting the football to him a few times, but um, he, Antonio Brown, you, you know, you, you can, <laughs> you can doubt me saying this. I'm telling you right now, talent wise, he's,
0: he's the best third wide receiver in the oh, NFL. Oh man. I forgot to do my research homework assignment, man. Forgot no, about that, that. And You know what? That's, that's predictable.
1: I give you an assignment and you don't, you don't, you don't take it seriously, but that's okay. You got, you got the whole season to find one. I'll even let you, I'll even let you include this season in the search. Okay. Go right ahead. You can have, you can have the whole year because you're not going to find them now. Granted that does not, that this doesn't take. In regards to what might happen as far as an injury or something along those lines, I'm telling you right now, when it comes to, any roster in the NFL, he's the best third wide receiver on any team. And it's clear he would be a two on some teams in the NFL. For sure. And when it comes to this football team, there isn't a better three. I even asked coach Bruce Arians after practice in regards to Scotty Miller and where he is in his third year in the NFL developing out as a route runner. And Bruce... Flat out said he needs to be able to get people off of him, meaning Scotty Miller. He needs to make more grimy plays. Anyone can run past people. But and I'm quoting Bruce in all this: you mm-hmm. can't be a one-trick pony in this league, meaning you can't just run by people in this league and stay in this league. And that's again, if Scotty Miller wants to be that third wide receiver on his team. Moving forward in 2022 or 2023, he's going to have to develop into a better route runner. And yeah, in time, though you're in the league, maybe it comes. But as far as right now on this team, the third wide receiver is Antonio Brown, and he still is based off of what I saw today. He had oh, a back, he had a, he had a back shoulder catch from Tom Brady on the sidelines. Beauty. The throw was beautiful. The, the, the doubt that Tom can't throw it any longer was was something that we talked about twelve months ago. Stop it, Tom can still throw the long ball. That's number one. Number two is
0: Antonio went and got it. What about Tyler Johnson? What'd you see from What'd you see from him? I mean, he's, he he had some uh, reps today uh,
1: with uh, with the twos and he looked good. But here's the thing about Tyler Johnson that we need to remember: there were times in the playoffs last year. Third down, you know who went to him? Number 12 went to him. On crucial third down conversions to keep drives moving in playoff games. So you know who trusts him? Tom Brady trusts him. And that's enough for me. If you're a Bucks fan, don't tell me about doubting this guy, doubting that guy. If Thomas Edward Patrick Brady... Trust him. You need to trust him because he's, right, he's the guy that's doing the work with him. He's the guy that's out there last year that's holding practices, doing the work with him. He's the guy that's doing work with him in practice, in the, in the actual practices, and all the other mini camps and all the other sessions that they have together. He knows. Not you and
0: I. He knows. All right. Let's go on to the other guys who are regularly catching the football from Tom Brady, the tight ends. Gronk Cambrate more specifically OJ Howard he was out there on the field for the first time since he tore his Achilles earlier this week how much work was OJ getting today did he get any reps at all with the first team yeah but he's not going to get I mean
1: he's, he's not he's not going to be fully out there you're not going to know much about how he's he's going about things until he's able to practice completely he's not completely out there yet um, the the thing that I the, the thing that I noticed today is, you know, when you're out there watching them full time, I mean, full first time in pads, mm-hmm. you watch how guys move, in pads, just to be just their, their ability to to move and how how quickly they come off the line if they're an offensive player, how quickly they come off the line, and I can tell you right now, eighty seven. And this is not a knock on him, but eighty-seven is is not going to you know run past anybody. But you know what he does, dude? He finds open spots. <laughs> I watched him today. He finds open spots, and you can joke around about you know him just being you know being Gronk. You know the the typical meathead, and and uh, even Bruce had a had a, a Gronk imitation this week earlier yeah, this week yeah yeah, dude yeah dude um but what gronk does and gronk, what gronk knows he knows the holes he knows where he needs to sit down and be open for his quarterback like i said coming off the line we can we can talk about explosive about about different guys we can run about the explosive brag about the explosive of a guy like kyle Pitts is coming to the nfl and that's what they talk about, right? The explosiveness coming off the line and being able to get, you know, being able to be a mismatch for linebackers and be bigger than safeties and all that. Gronk's at a point of his career where he's going to come off the line the same speed every play, but you know what he does? He knows where he needs to be and where he needs to sit for his quarterback. And that's, that's not just, you know, a guy that just happens to be playing in the league as long as he's playing the league the guy is smart. <laughs> he may sound a certain way, but the guy knows his offense and he knows how to play and he knows his quarterback. How were the running back reps split? Uh, I saw, I saw a lot of geo. Um, and, and I saw a lot of geo from, from the standpoint of when they ran uh, a, a lot of uh, third down, even mm-hmm. with Tom and uh, I, I still lean towards the fact that, and, and granted, we got a whole camp to go through. and We certainly got exhibition games to play. I still lean towards
0: the fact that he's going to be the third down back because that's that's why he was. He I don't was, know if it was today, but I think I saw some some stuff out there that he's had a couple of drops he throughout camp so far. He had one there. today.
1: He had one today. Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, I know you're not doing this, but are, are we going to start talking about drops from the running backs? Because Lord knows we beat up 27 for... 27, man, yeah. We beat up 27 for, for at least two training camps about the drops and how, how his hands were and Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And all this different stuff. Well, like, like we were waiting for the, the, the next drop pass from Ronald Jones. Get over yourself. Drop passes happen. So the thing is, is again, like anything else... You got drop passes now, okay? Does twelve trust him to throw a football to him on third down to convert a first down to keep a drive going? That's the main thing. Does Tom trust him? Because if Tom stops stops looking at that guy when he's open, then he doesn't need to be on the football field, and, and probably you wouldn't get to that point because Tom'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm not throwing to this dude. Y'all need to stop putting him out because <laughs> he, he's not going to get the football." <laughs> because there'll be there'll be times in there'll be times and. In the offensive room, you're sitting there with Byron Lefkowitz, the offensive coordinator. And, hey, Tom, you had Gio Bernard wide open on this play. Hey,
0: I've seen my drops. I've seen enough drops where I'm not throwing the ball, Byron. I'm not throwing the ball. Before we get to the rookie storyline that you and I have talked about the most so far this offseason, I want to ask you about another rookie. And uh, I saw earlier this week that rookie offensive lineman Robert Hansey out of Notre Dame that the Buck picked in the, Bucks picked in the middle rounds was getting some reps with the first team earlier this week. Did that happen at all today? Uh, and uh, it's, I know offensive line isn't typically the number one thing you're watching, but uh, how did, uh, how did Hainsey and the rest of the uh, O-line look out there for you today? I can be completely honest with you. I don't know if Hainsey actually got first team reps, but mm-hmm. I will say this much,
1: and it's something that's, is a a luxury in the nfl there's a lot of depth on this offensive line and that is huge think about the injuries that this team has went through just in the last couple of years since bruce Arians has been here whether it be Alex Mm -hmm. Cattle breaking his arm and playing through those playing through that type of injury and uh the potential of moving ali marpet back to center i mean that was like almost a a yearly storyline and ali marpet actually spoke to the media today on saturday and he mentioned the fact that there's so much depth at guard this year. And again, that's something that, you know, last year when Kappa got hurt, was like, you know, where are we going to go? And we're going to put in the 12-year vet, a 11-year vet, and try to, you know, try to piece the offensive line together. And it's, again, it's a luxury because a lot of teams in NFL go through injuries. Think about what happened in the Super Bowl. And, and granted, they may have been, you know, different circumstances when it came to the Chiefs losing players, but the bottom line is their their depth was tested in the Super Bowl, the most crucial point of the season, and they didn't have depth to to handle what what they were going through as far as being in the Super Bowl against one of the the most dynamic defenses or defensive coordinators that creates the, the mismatches and the matchups that he does. But as far as the offensive line is concerned, you want depth. And when you when you hear one of the one of the captains of this football team and Ali Marpet talk about the depth on the offensive line, that's a good thing because you're going to need it going through the season. And there's one thing that crucial when it comes to this football team, there's only one number 12, you better protect them and again you can talk about all, all the different things you want to talk about, Trey Downey. Talk about everything. You want to talk about Ryan Suck up the kicker and finally getting no, rid of good. the curse? You want I'm to talk oh, you want to talk about the the, the kickoff return game and, and, and how Jalen Darden's going at it and maybe he can he can be you know a guy that we can put back there for the next couple of years and have that problem solved? You can talk about all those other things. All those other things are behind everything, behind one thing everything's behind
0: one thing and that's keeping 12 healthy and upright and that's the offensive lines job all right so let's talk about the guys that are behind tom brady let's talk about blaine gabbert kyle trask (laughs) the situation where i I mentioned I, i i i am on record as saying that kyle trask needs to look better than blaine gabbert right now already he does Len Martez, you saw both of those guys out there today. I'll, I'll ask you a couple of things. I'll ask you how both looked, and I'll, and I'll ask you, did Trask get any reps with the second team, or was it solely with third, fourth, or scout team?
1: From what I saw, it was more with, with the third and, and the, lower, the lower of the, yeah. the roster, the lower end of the depth chart. When it comes to how both those two quarterbacks looked, I, I would tell you neither one was overly impressive today. Um, okay. The thing about the thing about Blaine today is <laughs> he's the guy that probably threw most picks today. And and when I say most picks, it probably was was one more than the other guys who threw one. He might have thrown two picks. Um, but you you again you 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 pushing the process, dude. I mean, good Lord. When first, I'm still, though, yeah. No, I'm not talking about that process. I'm talking about the process of, of making Kyle trust. Don't, don't, don't do not don't just it. Making Kyle Trask the backup asking. quarterback already. I mean, good Lord, dude. We're not even in August yet. Is he the backup quarterback here? Could he be the guy? It. It's not even August yet. We're still in July. We just It's July 31st. Point
0: doesn't it's July 31st. It doesn't matter. The rent's not due to the first. This would be allowable to tomorrow. I could have asked you this tomorrow. I mean, you can, but it still would be crazy anyway.
1: The rent's not due to the first. So officially it's still the 31st. Mm-hmm. And the 31st says it's the first day of full pads and you don't need Kyle Trask to be better than Blaine Gavin yet.
0: Good Lord, boy. Okay. We'll we'll obviously learn more about that once we get into the Listen, pre-season there'll be a
1: time where you'll be able to say, He's not better than him, Len. Oh, I'll be able to say he's better than him, Trey.
0: But you know when the time isn't? Right now. Okay, so now, so obviously that wasn't a huge storyline today. I've, we've gone through pretty much. Pre- <laughs> we've gone through pretty much the whole team. Is there anything anything that I missed or that I didn't go over any other? Because we always have this, you and I being out there over the past five years, there's always one player that you don't necessarily expect that kind of sticks out to you. Was there anything else, a player or anything that stuck out to you on the, the first day of uh, full pads today? Uh, no, I, I mean, I did watch Ken McKinley a little bit just to, just to see where he's at. He's got to,
1: we got to remember, you know, there was, there was a time where there was questions of whether or not he'd have the opportunity to play football this year. Yep. So he's playing catch up. And because of that, you know, yes, he's there. Yes, he can certainly uh, accelerate the process when it comes to getting up to speed. But it's, it, it, it may take up through the exhibition, the preseason, to, uh, to get where he needs to get to, to so he can actually be a threat to making his football team. Because right now, as I already stated, that secondary is deep. And the thing about guys like him, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn who, who who actually had a nice catch today in in traffic and he held on to the football which is one of the things that's that you want for him. oh absolutely you want to see him do because if he has the potential of you know of, of being a third down back on his football team he's going to need to be able to catch the football and, and also those two guys have to make their mark on special teams that's how they're going to make this football team when it comes to
0: Kinley and, and Keyshawn Vaughn Alright, so now we've dissected everything in terms of Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp for the first week and today the first full pads day, but let's go around the league just a little bit before we close out today's podcast. We've talked all season long will he or won't he in terms of Aaron Rodgers, but the first day of training camp, he was in Green Bay. A lot of people are comparing this to The last dance with Michael Jordan. Everybody's saying they're all he did. Yeah, it's everybody saying (laughs) the most important person of the conversation did. (laughs) Everybody's already saying he's getting traded in March. This is a cloud that's going to loom over that football team all season long. But as you mentioned at the top of the podcast, in terms of who the Bucks might play in the playoffs, we've talked about a lot this offseason that the Rams might be the only true, true contender that either of us could really see taking out the Bucks, The Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, even with the turmoil that has gone on, we've got to add them back to the list, right? No doubt. Oh, no doubt. Because nothing's changed from, from last year other than
1: the mindset that this may be his last year there. But other than that, that football team is the, is, is the same. They have the same guy taking the snaps on Sundays. And let's, let's remember something. Aaron Rodgers has won football games with a football team that wasn't as good as the opponent's team. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning that he's good enough to beat you even though your team is better than his team. The great ones do that. Tom Brady has done it multiple times where he's beating your team even though your team is better than the team that I'm on. And that's the thing about quarterbacks, the good ones, the real good ones, they're good enough to beat you, even though your team as a whole is better than his team. That's what they do. And Aaron Rodgers is that guy one, on any given Sunday, corny cliche as it sounds, Al Pacino, not a very good movie. Um, but with that, any given Sunday, you give those guys, you give the great ones a chance to beat you and they can, they can do that. They can certainly do that. And Aaron, Aaron, again, Aaron Rodgers is on a football team that is for the most part the same. He, he has his running back back and Aaron Jones. He has his number one receiver that is pretty much on the same page with him. Those guys are lockstep. You know, we, we watch it here at 12 and 81. Mm-hmm. We can say whatever we want about 81. You know who likes him? You know who trusts him? 12 trusts him. And the same thing in Green Bay. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are Scotty and Michael when it comes to the last dance comparison. Those guys are lockstep. And who knows? They may leave together. They may, they may leave Lambo together come the end of 2021. But because of that, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is a threat to beat your football team
0: again on any Sunday, even in the playoffs. I completely agree with you. Now I think we are back to having a big three in the NFC, talking but, about the rain. But I will say this, but I know you are got to
1: bring up the Rams. That Cam Akers injury is Yeah, no,
0: I'm with you. Because
1: that second part of the season, he was coming into his own. He was developing as, as a rookie running back. He was learning what the NFL is about. And I've always loved Cam when Cam was, was, was in Tallahassee. There were games where their running back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that running back carried him,
0: but he well, tried. It's amazing that he, he, did, tried. he did what he did with the, how horrible that All offensive the line is horrible. has been. In Seattle, well, yeah, Ohio, no, it was, no, the offensive line has been
1: horrible yeah. for, for years. Uh, but there were games where, and certainly we've talked about it when we've previewed games on, on Saturdays when uh, we were working the different avenues. And my attitude when it came to previewing a Knowles game was. Cam Akers left, Cam Akers right, Cam Akers center. Give that man the ball 30, 35 times and let him be productive. And unfortunately, he suffered that injury that's going to keep him out for 2021. That's going to hurt the Rams a whole lot. And, and I know their passing game is certainly going to be uh, dangerous with Matthew Stafford. But they need balance. You need balance to win. You win football games,
0: especially in January, potentially in February, and losing Cam is going to affect them big time. All right, now let's move to the AFC and another quarterback storyline in a team that I considered somewhat of a dark horse to make a run in the AFC, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, he gave me a hard
1: time. He gave me a hard time on Twitter when that trade was made. Um, and your boy can't stay healthy.
0: No, he can't. Carson Wentz obviously so can't want, stay healthy. So you want to apologize? I'm sorry, Lynn. No, I'm just, kidding. No, I'm but, just
1: uh, kidding. I'm but, uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll just Listen, man. You are you are husband trained, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Carson Wentz injured his foot. You're
1: accustomed to picking your battles at home, aren't you? Definitely. <laughs> and you uh, barely, so, and you rarely win
0: them. Go ahead. Be, speak the truth. On, I'm not going to go. Uh, speak the truth on Downey and Montez. Come on, let anybody know. I think she subscribes to this podcast. Just gonna, we're just going to not talk about that anymore today. But we are going to talk about Carson Wentz and his foot injury. Uh, the full extent of that injury is not out there yet. But he is out indefinitely. The Colts have already added uh, Brett Hundley, uh, former Packers, and I believe Cardinals quarterback to their roster The Colts, I really love what they have on defense. One of the best young linebackers in the league and Darius Leonard might have the best offensive line in in the league. They've made improvements to their receiving core, their running back core. But without a quarterback, I don't know how far far they're going in in the AFC. And I've seen some – we don't know the extent of Wentz's injury. He might be able to be healthy by the time we get to the – The regular season but with these backup quarterbacks they have on their roster they're not competing with your Kansas City's with your Cleveland's with your Tennessee in that in that same division. I've saw I don't there's no substantial rumors around this, but I have seen the name Gardner Minshew attached to the Colts, I do think that would be a smart move for them, but I don't know if you're Jacksonville and you have a rookie quarterback that yes, you do believe in, in Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know if you're trading that guy within your own division. So if this injury is severe, I don't know what the Colts options really are at this point, unless you call up Phillip rivers and say, you want to do it one more time.
1: Yeah, that's probably not going to happen, but you know, you mentioned all the, the good that's going on in Indianapolis. And like I said, all that doesn't matter. Because you don't have the quarterback. And in addition to that, <laughs> you, like I said, you can talk about, oh, the offensive line may be the best in the NFL, the wide receiver core is certainly getting better. They upgraded there and the uh, the the running back's got, you know, it's two-headed monster, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff doesn't matter. You wanna know why? Because they got the quarterback in Buffalo, they got the quarterback in Kansas City, and they got yeah. the quarterback in Cleveland. Your guy's not better than their guy. Doesn't matter how good your football team is; those guys will beat you, and that's the fact. that is, that is the fact. I mentioned it earlier when it come to, when it when it came to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady being able to beat your team, even though your team is better than their team. That doesn't happen with with the you know the quarterbacks that might be ranked in the bottom half. Of the NFL quarterbacks, and that's exactly what Indianapolis is going to be looking at if Carson Wentz isn't healthy. So their bottom half quarterback in NFL is not going to beat Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes
0: or Baker Baker Mayfield. Not happening. Not or happening. even Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill. To be completely honest, I mean, uh, listen, I can go on and on.
1: I can I can tell you I can tell you about Herbert too. But I'm just giving yeah. you. But I'm giving you the major players in the AFC. The major players are Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cleveland. You can throw in Tennessee, and that's fine. That's great. But, but yeah, we throw in Tennessee too. Okay, great. <laughs> your guy is not beating – your bottom half quarterback is not beating those teams we mentioned. Just not. And that, it sucks for Indianapolis because they went and they, and they got a guy that, you know, on paper should have made him a better football team. And if he can't stay healthy, he can't do that. Uh, Not to mention the fact that what they gave up and the money
0: they're spending to to get that freaking guy. Do you think it's worth a call to Jacksonville to see if if they'd be interested in moving Minshew? Why not? Sure. Here's
1: the question. If it's worth the call, is Minshew better than what you got on your roster? Yes. Okay. Well, then it's worth the call. Because what
0: can they do? What are they going to do? Hang up? (laughs) <laughs> oh they're gonna hang up okay i mean tony Khan's on the on the phone with a lot of big names the these days so you don't know how, how there's how a wrestling job is. there you go wrestling fans this Trey Downey living up to his name wrestling man i mean if this was if this was a di- if this was a different podcast i'd be ranting about the wwe releasing bray wyatt right now but uh, uh we'll save we'll save that for and he got into shape too another place yeah yeah, it is what it is. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Downey sure? and Martins. Are you sure? Anything else you, you want to talk Anything about else, else you got? I don't
1: know. I'm just asking, man.
0: I got nothing no, to do. Let's
1: keep going. I'm joking. Let's go. Wrap okay,
0: it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks. Underscore Nation, and as always, check out BucksNation.com. Training camp rolls on. Before we talk to you next time, there will be an actual game. If if you call the Hall of Fame game an actual game, uh, coming up, the first game of the preseason NFL season is closer and closer and closer. And before long, we'll be talking about Buccaneers preseason action. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.